This is the Wholesome Monk Podcast. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the Wholesome Monk Podcast. It's your boy, Wholesome Monk here. And today, I'm joined by the one, the only, my friend all the way from Hawaii, Kayla. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing really good. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you. And also, I know I butchered um, the name of your of your home. So if you could pronounce it properly for me so I can learn. Yeah, I live in Hawaii. I live in okay. Honolulu, Hawaii. Yeah. That's, that's how you say it. It's, it's, it's not hard, but you know, when you're <laughs> in mainland, you obviously, I'm sure, you know, especially since your profession, you know, they don't really care about pronunciation here in the, mm-hmm. the good old US of A. So that's definitely nice to learn. It's going to take me a while, but I'm going to get it. Um, but thank you for joining the podcast. And I really want to start off with, first of all, you're a success. You're doing amazing stuff on TikTok. You have, you've built yourself uh, with your own two hands, a, a great community, in, uh, not only on your TikTok, but also on your Instagram and, and on your Twitch. And it had me wondering, because I know your love for Pokemon, uh, I just want to know where does your nerd journey start? Like when did uh, Kayla, whether it was young Kayla, teenage Kayla, when did it, when did it start? Um, I guess like most of us, right? Um, you know, I'm born in the 90s, right? So most of us grew up with the first gen of Pokemon on the Game Boy Color and things like that, right? So I guess that's my first game that I ever played. And I have an older brother who is like really big into video games. So I did like all the Nintendo, um, basically through him and stuff like that, you know, when stuff was hard, he would be it for me. So that's kind of where it starts. And then um, same with like anime, you know, all of the good 90s anime, like Sailor Moon, Pokemon, obviously as well, Dragon Ball Z, Naruto. So that's kind of where it starts for me. And I feel like um, throughout the years, I didn't play as much like within my, I guess, adolescence years like I definitely played like a lot through elementary school when I was growing up but you know I faced a lot of um like I guess discrimination so I kind of rejected that like part of me so I attended even though I live in Hawaii which is really diverse um racially I went to a predominantly um like Caucasian school that'll do it yeah (laughs) yeah so I feel like um for the most part I never saw myself getting into like um social media or anything like that or anything like twitch um video games all of that because i kind of rejected that part of my identity for like quite a little bit and you know i would like you know pokemon was like not cool at school to be playing when you're a teenager right so i kind of put that down for a little bit but i'm just loving how much um fun i'm having like kind of you know going back to that like nostalgic um, time period and like just um, returning to the hobbies that I really like. <laughs> no, I think that's well put. And I think that's really important. And especially not to out, I don't want to out uh, what you do professionally, but mm-hmm. so about doing, saying it exactly, but you know, it's a professional setting basically for you. And I can only imagine during, during doing what you do professionally and having to, you know, kind of like, re- I'm sure you had to like, kind of like rediscover it, right? Because I'm sure there are hobbies and your passions, I'm sure, especially during 2020, a lot of people that are in your profession had to do, um, it was a really big like change from how you usually do go about your your work. So talk to me a little bit about, I guess, the, that 2020 year for you, like, did you already have your hobbies back at that point? Or was it something like 
you know, because of how your job was at the, going at that time, you're able to kind of like have more time to do other stuff or rediscover more things? I actually, um, I think during the pandemic was when I really started to revisit those hobbies that I kind of like put on the back burner. Like I bought myself a bunch of like new games for my DS. I like bought the remastered Pokemon versions. I started like, um, you know, when you're a kid, you watch the anime on TV and it's not always like linear. So yeah. I started watching like more seriously. Yeah. And I started like finishing series more so in my adulthood. I always kind of revisited it every now and again throughout my life. But I think like, and I'm sure that you understand this as well. Like maybe if you worked a, like a structured or corporate job, like as a young professional, you feel such pressure to like grow and, you know, do things in your career. So like a lot of my life right before I started teaching was like dedicated to everything being only productive, like within the workforce in a capitalist society, et cetera. Like I was working multiple jobs and stuff like that. And like everything else that wasn't really like productive or seen as traditionally productive, I kind of like stopped doing that until the pandemic gave me so much time to kind of explore the things that I like to do. And yeah, I think that that was like maybe one of the best things that kind of happened to giving me um, back my hobbies and stuff like that. But I actually started social media kind of by accident. Um, so uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, so I, um, I guess during the pandemic, right, we were doing distance learning. And then for the first semester, my first year teaching was 2020 um, to 2021. And then 2020, that first semester, the teachers would go into the classroom, but we wouldn't like have kids in there, we would teach through a screen, but we would be required to go in the classroom. So I had like six hours to eight hours a day of just like isolation time in my classroom. So obviously like during lunch, like you're not supposed to go and talk to other teachers. Um, I would like, you know, um, make TikToks like for fun. Yeah. And then it just kind of, I don't know, like I didn't expect to gain any sort of traction on the platform. It was just for fun, but then it kind of just started like by accident. So, you know, and then I, I kind of enjoyed documenting like the journey of, you know, me as a young professional and things like that, so. <laughs> no, I think that's great. Cause I feel like that's such an interesting um, perspective. Like when it comes to like not interacting with your, your coworkers and, you know, you found a way to occupy your time through that. And I'm sure it was a difficult, again, transition, especially when it comes to some like teaching and you're there for the, inter like the interactions, obviously to educate, but the interactions help you do that. So you can take that away. I'm sure that was like a very weird time for you personally. And then being able to transition to that and do it so well. I mean, again, you're following and I see, and I, I'm able to attend a lot of your uh, lives, whether it was on TikTok or on Twitch and see how you interact with people and see how comfortable people are and how good you are with talking. I mean, I can see why you're an educator. So uh, I also want to know, like, what made you make the transition to, to Twitch? Like, when did that decision come into effect? Um, that actually also, like, I, I feel like it's kind of um, funny because I had almost, like, no autonomy in, like, um, really formulating these 
like hobby or not hobbies, but like platform decisions, like in, in and of myself, like I did it because like um, people on my TikTok requested for me to do TikTok lives. And then they said that I should transition into Twitch because I really like to play video games, but I'm not like, you know, in, in the traditional sense, like a, a gamer that's like very competitive and things like that. So I didn't really think that I would like it. So again, kind of by accident, and I didn't really expect to gain the traction that I did on this platform. But I think it just goes to show, you know, like um, throughout your whole life, just like you do as a content creator now, you know, if you follow the passions that you always like had within you, then you find inherent success that just comes naturally through those things. And it's just because you have a passion for doing that and it's fun for you. So, you know, so that's, I think, yeah, when I started TikTok, I, um, last summer, people asked me to Twitch stream and I didn't, I don't know, I just was kind of nervous about it because it's live. I didn't really start until February this year and I'm having so much fun. I think it's honestly my favorite platform. You get to like build communities, just like, you know, I'm sure you do through your podcasts and things like that. And it's great. Yeah. I, I never would have imagined seeing myself doing this. Um, and, you know, but I'm having a really good time. Have you ever question? You don't have to say the place, but have you ever yeah. worked in the service industry before? I have, I have. Yes. That makes sense. Okay, <laughs> that makes because okay, Kayla's very humble, so they'll never say it. But I'll, I'll I'll give props right now. Props is due. I remember your first Twitch, your first Twitch live, at least the one you made like official, or at least I know the one you were testing. I think this is before you got your computer or something. But mm-hmm. I remember, and the smile and the brightness that that Kayla displayed. On that first Twitch, I was like, you're going to enjoy it. I was like, you're going to enjoy it. It was, it was very fun. And it, I don't know, it's something nice about going into people's lives, especially smaller creators, um, like compared, you know, obviously like the people who've done Twitch for God knows how long now. Yeah. And then, you know, build a form, like you see them form their community off of gen- like being genuine and their genuine love, their genuine and transparent love for the content they create and what they want to do. Kayla made that very transparent um, in the first live, and that was just so funny. It's funny because like I, like, I believe in what you do, and I know you believe in yourself too. But it's just so, it's funny to see, uh, you know, the humbleness, and just to see like how like I can see how scared you were to try to do. I think you were deciding what you do, Pokemon, but you're like, you're scared to do that. I was like, fam, you good? Like you already like you do the talking thing already. You deal with a bunch of uh, at, well, for people our age, children at the end of the day. So it's like, I'm I promise, at least for me. I'll give my, I always give my teacher uh, friends credit. I could not do it. I don't, I have the patience, but like, I feel like the patience and I feel like maybe the pay, especially in America, it it doesn't equate. So I don't know if I would have it in me, but people like you have a lot more patience and that translates into so much other stuff that you do. Cause I'm sure you deal with a lot of, um, how to say this, I guess, slander, slanderous, like statements and comments I'm sure you get and I'm sure you have to like filter out and so I want to talk a little bit about that and if you could talk about some of the experiences that you've been through as a female content creator that maybe you feel like others probably I went through as well okay yeah I well I definitely feel like a lot of the things that I face as a female content creator are like inherently reflective of how I guess society views women just in general. So I see a lot of like parallelisms, like especially, you know, within my job and within being a content creator, right? I think like 
educators are very held to like a strict and stringent traditional like standpoint sure. so I yeah I definitely face a lot of those kinds of like judgments but then coupled with the fact that I'm also like a young woman that you know wants to dress a certain way or have tattoos and things like that and for the most part I've never really received that kind of actual backlash from parents they don't ever seem to really have a problem with it because the students enjoy having like a relatable figure but online I think that this is just a parallelism to how you know, society often views women, they judge women for what they wear. And yeah. that coupled with me being an educator, I think people are very, very quick to judge. But I think that was like one of my biggest um, things that I was worried about when joining Twitch. So I set really like high privacy and things like that, because it's live, you know, mm -hmm. but um, I definitely feel like, you know, on Instagram, you know, if I post myself wearing a cosplay or a swimsuit or something like that, I will get like nasty, um, no profile picture DMs, you know, that like want to shame me for those things. And I think it was really difficult at first, but I think I kind of view it now as if I was, making myself like a role model for you know the young girls that maybe I work with in my job I would not want them to feel like they need to inhibit themselves to fit any sort of like societal viewpoint. Today's sponsor is RiceUpAnime.com. Did you know Asylum Voice, one of the best anime films I've seen, had a manga? Well RiceUpAnime.com sent your boy a copy of the collector's edition and my goodness this thing is gorgeous. Not only are the panels incredibly detailed, there are some panels that are so detailed, I just feel like you can't copy the animation. That's why you need this manga. And the cover for the complete collection edition is quite frankly one of the best covers I've ever seen in manga, especially for a collector's edition. So what are you doing? Use the link right now, head over to riseofanime.com and start your manga buying journey today. That might be traditional, you know. No, and I think that's first of all, well put. And two, like, I feel that's super important because your content is literally you in your private space, whether it's your home or I believe the beach or like with your, with your friends of your, of your age and whatnot, like it's not, it's not anything like insane. And there's plenty of content creators, especially in 2020 that are teachers and literally even record themselves quitting their job in a, in a professional way and going to pursue other passions or hobbies they had all along. Um, so that's why I felt it was really interesting. And another reason why I wanted to have you on to kind of like see that. I mean, I don't know if you've seen those videos or other teacher content creators um, that, you know, uh, you know, compare yourself to them in, ter in terms of like what you see they have to go through and what you have to go through. Because some of them have tattoos as well. And some of them go to the beach and, um, you know, wear bikinis or they're male presenting, they, um, you know, shirtless and then the trunks and everything. So it's like, is very interesting, I guess, from the outsider looking in to see that that difference. Because I'm sure it's super hard, especially as someone as yourself that's growing so quickly and has such a solid platform, right? A base for a platform on what three three or so different platforms now. Um, it, it could be hard, especially since those platforms are accessible to the I'm sure children that or was the teenagers that go to your that go to your school and whatnot so I'm sure it's really hard to and the internet is so hard to, to create boundaries like you said about privacy mm -hmm. settings and because it's hard to enjoy yourself when you're constantly especially as a young professional like like you've said already 
that you feel this constant of stress that one you're gonna probably lose. like at least for me I should say for me that sometimes you just feel like you're gonna lose your job for for no reason because <laughs> you know insurance and um and stuff like that obviously you love your job and then um obviously you want to be taken seriously in your profession and not that you shouldn't be because of your tattoos or because of your um whether it's tattoos skin color hair color or because you if I'm not mistaken I could be mistaken my first when I first met you a couple like a year or so ago. It was purple hair. Was it wasn't was it purple? I think it was pink, right? But then no, my first pink. year, pink. yeah, right. my first year, I nothing brown. Like I, really? I always cover my tattoos. I always cover oh, my wow. tattoos. What? But, well, I I just do it because I just um you know I just like to be more covered up at work. Um, I that's feel like it's fair, more yeah. professional. Like I definitely the ones on my arms I don't mind showing, but like oh, it's okay. just a personal choice. But actually, yeah, I mean, like you said, um, you know, there's the constant fear of the like intersection between your hobbies when you're putting yourself on a public platform. You know, like you and I are both doing as content creators, and you know the view of traditional like workplace ethic but I feel I honestly yeah like like you said I know it's interesting because I met you when I had pink hair but that was going into my second year but actually a lot of my admin they I was a little bit worried at first when I started to kind of like blow up on TikTok and gain like followers really fast I'm sure I, a lot of them they approached me and they said that like they really value that I like express myself and that I kind of glamorize education you know I make it seem like it's really fun and stuff. <laughs> I'm you sure know, they're I mean, excited about that part yeah <laughs> that sure. part especially that I showcase my students artwork and stuff but yeah a lot of them you know I think especially where I live um, because you know in Hawaii tattoos are much more than just like um, self-expression they can also be like cultural and like sacred and things like that so a lot of um, those kinds of traditional American viewpoints or like, I guess, westernized viewpoints are kind of not as stringent where I work. So a lot of my admin is really supportive. They like my VP compliments the blue hair. She likes the piercings and stuff. And, you know, I think they value that I give that sort of role model aspect. But I, I definitely was really um, like empathizing with you, like at that point where, you know, you feel like for whatever reason, this is not going to be acceptable, even when you're not doing anything wrong. And I don't know if that's like inherently just because creativity amongst like, I don't know, like young individuals is kind of like shunned, but I, I'm not really sure. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely went through that as well. But yeah, when you met me, I was after that. <laughs> no, it was, it's funny. Cause like, I, that's how I used to like go into like, you know, I was like, okay, I can't do X, Y, and Z. And then um I then I decided to get into social media like professionally for a job and what I'm doing here and like it's so funny all my interview all the interviews I have for a long time especially the job I have now they're like wait are you are you wholesome monk? is this is this you and I was like and then they'll be like um now we just looked up your name and it's like all this stuff because you know you google my name now it's like all over the place and I was like yeah and like oh my son like really likes anime or like oh my wife or this and that like anime like you know what can you like can you recommend like three and it's so funny because they'll, they'll say, like, can you recommend three? And they're like, yeah, but I don't like that, all that, like, yelling stuff. So, like, recommend this. Like, they'll just, like, put a bunch of parameters. And I get nervous because they always crack this joke. They're like, like, right before the call ends, they're like, well, if I don't like these, you're not going to get the job. I'm <laughs> just kidding with you. All right, bye. And I didn't get the job sometimes. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> what happened there, Bob? Wow, the anime wrecks were real bad, I guess. <laughs> I, I, well, you know, I should not recommend it, uh, Tokyo Ghoul, but... <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it's, it's it can be hard. I feel like as a young professional, finding your way through content creating because it is. I feel like the future is already here, but it's definitely the future of like, I guess, self-expression in a certain way because you can just kind of like mold your own platform and kind of find your own audience some way or somehow because of the algorithms and things like that. So it's very interesting uh, for that. But I want to transition into cosplaying for you because I think that's also something very interesting that you've done. When did you start cosplaying? Um, I think that like I started, well, I guess trying to seriously cosplay maybe only within the last year. So maybe around the time that I met you like last summer, I think I always like, I did a few when I was like younger and a kid and stuff like that. But like, I really seriously wanted to try and make like cosplay content, um, which is something that I never felt like I could do for whatever reason. I don't know why I just felt like I could never break into that. It's just like, it's kind of scary sometimes, you know, it you're putting scary. yourself out there. Yeah, especially, and I'm sure that like, you know, I don't know your experiences like as well as you do, but like, I feel like a lot of um, times when you cosplay like certain characters, and you look maybe not as similar as the character like is, I don't know. I just feel like I don't look like how, I don't look like the character, right? So then when I cosplay the character, it feels like there there might be like a room for rejection or something like that. But I, I don't know. I, yeah, I just, so I only started maybe like a year ago. So I still am kind of in that, like just breaking the ice um, part, but yeah. So also you cosplayed I could be wrong and can add them to the list, but I know, was it Rock Lee is one of them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then it was, um, you did um, Shinobu, I mm-hmm. believe. And then I know you did one of the Pokemon trainers, but I forgot what the name was for the Pokemon trainer. Yeah, that's Nessa. I've actually Nessa. done like, like quite a lot at this point in time. Like I did a Meihatsume from My Hero Academia. I did a uh, Nezuko. I did a... Misa Amane from Death Note. So I, That's right, you I did. yeah, I did a uh, Mahito from Jujutsu Kaisen, um, Your Forger. I've done like quite a bit now, but it's just like you have done your you know. That's right. Oh, and Mikasa too. But like it's just you know like um, yeah, I, it's just when you look back, and I'm sure that you um, do as well. Like when you look back on the collection of characters that you've like accumulated, I feel like it's really like meaningful, you know, especially as like a new cosplayer for me, but yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I definitely get that. Cause I feel like as cosplay, like you said, it can be a very scary um, venture, especially because you really put yourself out there. You're putting your body, your mind, all these different things out there for critique, even though it shouldn't be critique, but it is by, you know, like you said, those faceless accounts. <clears throat> but I'm also curious, like how much does, how much do you believe that confidence plays into everything you've accomplished so far in terms of your overall content creation journey, whether it's the streaming or, you know, even if it's like just like personal stuff in terms of like learning to really love playing video games, I guess, again, or like really decide to do all these things in your free time. Like, Hey, I do have free time rare but I do have free time and I want to be able to like enjoy myself and always have to be around people to do that I can like kind of just have fun being me and then doing these nerdy things oh uh definitely a hundred percent you know and like I feel like it all kind of 
pays homage to the fact that as I've grown up and things like that, like, you know, I went to predominantly Caucasian um, high school. And then also I went to a university that was predominantly Caucasian on the East Coast and stuff like that. It's like all, all sure of the... Did. Yeah, sure all did. of the, all of the, you know, the, the, like, things that kind of deter your confidence. Um, I, I could never see myself being, like, successful as I am now if I was me maybe, like, 10 years ago or something like that. So, like, the confidence aspect of being successful and, like, um, you know, in content creation and things like that, it's definitely, like, 100%. That's, uh, that's the biggest part of it, you know, to withstand whether it's hate comments, to be able to just, you know, put together a cosplay, even though maybe you don't have the traditional body type or you're not the race of the character that you're cosplaying, um, or like, you know, to get on Twitch and like make jokes that nobody's going to audibly laugh to and stuff like that. So like all of those things, <laughs> yeah, it's it's 100% um, confidence. And I don't know, you know, when people ask me like, how did, how did like you, how did this become successful? I think that the answer, you know, I'm sure through your content creator journey, like you know it as well, as you gain more confidence within your work that you produce, you inherently just become more successful. And I think that's awesome. But, you know, I 100% owe it to that. No, I think that's 100% fair. And I think that uh, people neglect that part of content creation when it comes to like, the confidence aspect of things because you really do need to have confidence in turn and it doesn't have to like be 100% right away because rare if at all that's the case but it's definitely something that needs to be built over time because one I tell people all the time you have to have thick skin to do this not say so you have to be immune or like let things slide just let them slide but you definitely should set your boundaries but also be thick skin enough to like these people will drain your energy they will I'm mm-hmm. sure you get a million comments that are just nasty or just are just like disrespectful and you definitely need to set your boundaries to that but also you can't reply to every single one of them they don't deserve your time first and foremost and it's just tiring to do that because there's other people and places of things that deserve your love and attention more than that negativity that clouds over um people's things so i was curious to you what is something that you really love about content creation like something that you found that you didn't know before that you just absolutely love you feel like you maybe it's something you don't know you could live without right now I think the biggest thing that I've learned to love about content creation is just realizing that like you know for me it's something that I want to do but then especially for things like the community that I've created through Twitch a lot of people that are really like you know, introverted or isolated and things like that, they come to me and they tell me like, I needed this like community or friendship and to be able to do those things, like how I facilitate communities within my job, it just is more meaningful than I expected something that's so, that I viewed previously as so face value to be, right? But as I, you know, got more into content creation, I realized that like, you know, it's such a deep, deep um, creative I guess, I don't know, like hobby that people do or profession, right? But then I I think just like the communities that you build, like, you know, the friendships that you gain, the insights that you see into all of these different like um, experiences that people that love the same things come together over. It's just, I think that's the most wildly meaningful thing to me. And that's that's a great answer. That's a great way to wrap it up. But before, before we have you go, I pulled the three, some of the three 
most common questions that looks like your your followers, people who love you online, will love to know. Um, these are pretty easy questions, but anyone any ones you don't want to answer, you don't have to. These are three of the most common. Uh, so let's let's get this segment going. Rapid fire questions with my friend Kayla. First question is your favorite color. What is it? Either black or blue. <laughs> okay. Well, if someone if, if if one color was going to get erased forever, which one would you keep? If one color was oh, oh um black. <laughs> black. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Number two, what is your favorite food and what is your least favorite food? I actually don't have a least favorite food. I eat everything. I've never found a food I don't like. I've, I promise you, it sounds like a lie, but yeah. And I like sushi. Sushi is my most favorite food, sushi. Yeah. Sushi's, okay. So we're on, okay. So I'm going to make a note. We got to test. We're going to go to different restaurants one day. One day I'm going I'm to fly over I there. I promise. We're going to go around the whole island. Oh, we're good, good, the whole good. Thing. I'm All looking right. forward to it. <laughs> and, and then number three, uh, what is your, oh, hold on, what is this? Okay. What is your dream cosplay? There we go. Ooh. Oh, man. That one is really difficult. I think maybe um, probably the Kaneki Ken with the blood art, you know, okay. with the props and things yeah. like that. I've always wanted to do like a female Kaneki Ken, but with the props, you know, like I, that's like the next phase of cosplay. Cause like I've done cosplays with costumes and like mini props and swords, but then making props is like, that's the dream cosplay. I feel like. All right, there you <laughs> go. I hope y'all got fed because she answered all of them. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where can the people find you out there on the internet? Um, you can find me on my TikTok, which is the at symbol Kayla Panda. That's also my Twitch. And then my Instagram is the at symbol followed by A-T Kayla Panda. But yeah. There you go. And y'all can uh, follow me on at wholesome underscore monk on any social media platform. If I'm on it, that'll be it. Um, and like I said all the time, if you like this, if you watched it or listened to it, you're now 10% more wholesome than you were before you listened. Peace out, everybody.